Welcome to another live recording of the Linking the Travel Industry podcast, where we discuss travel industry news you are talking about on LinkedIn. My name is Rian, and I'm one of your hosts today. I am the CEO of Agentivity, where we make it our mission to elevate the serviceability of travel management companies whilst also eliminating the disruption caused by bookings made in multiple channels. And welcome, everybody. I'm Anne, and I'm a consultant with LeapShift. Happy to help you with anything related to one order and NDC retail. Um, I'm also an instructor with both IATA and Aeroclass. Hi, everyone. My name is Ash, and I'm the host of a weekly business travel podcast called What's Up in Business Travel, where we give you only the important updates in under 15 minutes. Additionally, I'm the vice president at Traxo, and this is Linking the Travel Industry. So it's wonderful to see some new faces in the audience today. Of course, some familiar ones as well, but those who are joining us for the first time, thank you for giving us your time. The format of this discussion is around a post I do on a Friday where I've gathered the week's most talked about travel industry stories, and then we just dive into them a bit more here. Um, let's start off with my first story. It was just a UK-based story around the controversial high-speed two rail limited project in the UK. It's in the news at the moment because there's uncertainty about an extension of that line that was previously promised, and it's causing a lot of discussion in the news and obviously in the politics here. And typical of a government project that shouldn't be run by the government, right? But it's a huge project and it's already causing all sorts of issues. Yeah, I saw it on BBC last night as well. Mm. It really is causing it's you know, it's really sad because, you know, this is this is the source of infrastructure that we need. Indeed. And it's actually, if they don't do that extension, a lot of people are saying it's actually going to cause the opposite of the intention, which was to you know, mm. level up the country and provide equal opportunities from both sides of the country. So it's actually going to do the opposite in that case. Another bad UK <laughs> story then was my next one. It was quite shocking. Um, if you don't follow... A guy called Tony Anderson here on LinkedIn, you should do. He's uh, very interesting to follow. He talked about the fact that it was uh, shocking to read that the recent air traffic control issues that happened at Gatwick was actually the result of one of the air traffic controllers not being able to show up for work that day. And that sort of highlighted the critical staff and other issues they are having in the UK air traffic control. So, uh, Anne, did you read that story? I did. I'm shocked. How bad can it get? Uh, <laughs> this bad. Yeah. This is how bad. <laughs> I'm lost for words. Yes. No further comments. So for me, this is one of those things where you have a lack of planning, right? I don't understand where all the private controllers went. I guess many of them had to retire or were forced into retirement. Why don't we find a way to bring some of these people back? And if one single person can create this much disruption, then clearly there is an action that needs to be taken to offset that. So next story was just very interesting to note that the world's most profitable airline is, and I would not have thought this one, but it is Air Arabia. Does that come as a surprise, Anne, or is that expected? Yeah, that wasn't expected. Fantastic for them. Absolutely. I don't know much about them. Apologize. I, I included it, and it was I realized after it's behind the paywall, so you can't actually see some of the numbers. Okay, my next story was around, of course, who's going to be buying TAP Air Portugal? And when you and I were together last week at the T2L conference, I saw the guys there from TAP and I'm thinking, are you ready <laughs> to be owned by another nationality? <laughs> and uh, how, how good is your French? But uh, <laughs> it's inevitable it's going to be Air France KLM, as most people are expecting that, right? Do, or do you have a different view? 
No, I think it's probably going to be KLM Air France. I'd be surprised. I mean, of course, it's, it, it won't be Lufthansa with, with the recent right. acquisition of ITA. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess it could be IAG. But, but you know, IAG's already got Iberian Welling in this, this part I don't of the think, world. I don't think it will be allowed if it's IAG. Just by the way, guys, this post no. was um, by the very good Edward Russell. We keep mentioning him, but if you're not following mm. Edward, you should. He writes a very insightful post about the airline industry. And, yeah, he, he just posted about who, you know, is likely to buy that Air Portugal. But it is it is very likely. Air France KLM. So, like I said, I hope those guys are good on their Dutch and French uh, skills. Any thoughts from your side, Ash, on the story, or would you disagree with Edward? Well, why why wouldn't it be Lufthansa? Lufthansa is slightly occupied with a defining eight types of business class seats and you know buying ITA <laughs> at the moment. True. And um, IAG has got too many airlines in the in their pockets already. I think I think it, it won't be allowed. Well, I mean, they're part of the Star Lines, right? Oh, good point. No star, no star airlines wants a piece of that. Yes, no, absolutely, very good points. Then my next story was around something I saw Mion Valley posted. Um, they just talked about, and Ash, this is relating to your side of the world, that the US ESTA program has now got a mobile app. And again, we need this jingle for only now. That's obviously good news, right, Ash? I guess I suppose it is. I'm not really sure what that will do to improve. Well, I mean, it's just nice to to be able to have it, you know, in an app rather than to have the printed document with you, etc. And it's really good news. Let's move on to my next story. It was about Turkish Airlines. This is fascinating to me. So Turkish Airlines has applied to fly to Australia, apparently not just one destination, but two. And I'm going to just say it so uh, because I mentioned this in my post that I, I, I find the headlines around this very strange. But most of the news articles seem to say these words. They say Qantas is not opposing it. <laughs> I find this astonishing. <laughs> well, that kind of connects all the dots, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, Freudian yeah. slip away. I mean, it's just bizarre that the the news. I mean, I saw at least three or four different news articles around this, and they all say Qantas is not objecting to this. It's bizarre, and my point, obviously, being that it's not really their decision, is it? It's the the Australian government's decision. Um, I saw plenty of very interesting posts around this, including one. Uh, even this morning, I think I saw one which is very interesting where they compare, of course, the Turkish versus Qatar. Because for those not in the know, Qatar Airways obviously applied recently ex- to a- expand on their flight options, but they were denied by scratch out, you know, Australian government put in place Qantas, right? So um, they were just comparing the two and why. Qantas wouldn't be worried about Turkish in that space. But, um, and yeah, what are your thoughts? I mean, obviously, it's very good news if, if Turkish can, can, can get their slots to Australia, right? Indeed, it is good news. I mean, we, we've been following this for quite some time, haven't we? Yes. And um, it's, it's, um, it's not good, looking good for, for Australian uh, travel in, in general. I mean, you know, and, and, and fares, of course, have been skyrocketing and they need more competition. Thank goodness for, for Turkish, at least. And Ash, how do you think the folks at Qatar is going to feel, right, when, when Turkish gets this green light? Obviously, there is a, you know, a not fair component to all of this for Qatar. Uh, but at the end of the day, I totally believe that if a government wants to protect its national airline, 
against foreign competition in order to keep it intact. I think that they have a right to do that and maybe they should do that. But Qantas now is profitable. So I think that now we need to shift gears. And I think that's the balance that times is important. But once you get to that point, then does it make sense to bring the prices down by introducing competition and helping the consumer? The answer is yes. And how do you balance that and what's the right pedal to press at the right time is important. But it's appropriate that Qantas is now proving that it's okay for Turkish to come into Australia <laughs> because that also fits the greater context. <laughs> Well, you see, I um, I mean, to that extent, and you say made a few mistakes. I mean, that is literally, I mean, if there's ever been a definition of under, under, I don't know, what do you call it, uh, stressing the issue. I, I saw this morning that Qantas Group announced that they will invest an additional $80 million along the original $150 million it announced on Friday. So that was Friday, today's Monday, into what they call, quote, customer improvements. I wonder what that means. Customer yeah, a few, yeah. few, few more Senator Lounge bars. Qantas has hurt their brand for sure, right? So now they need to do some work around making it right. And I think that the new CEO, that you know, she's going to have a tough road ahead. Okay, so for my next story, I'm delighted that we're joined by Robin. I'm going to ask her to introduce herself in a second, but my next story was just about the news we saw last week about Travelport announcing carbon emission calculation solutions across their point-of-sale and API solutions. So to just tell us a bit more about that, we're joined by Robin from uh, Travelport. So Robin, if you can find that unmute button, please go ahead, introduce yourself, and just tell us about this news. Yeah, so very excited about the news on the on the carbon flight information. Um, I'm Robin, and I head up our sustainability product portfolio at Travelport. And at the end of August, we added carbon estimates to all the flights in Travelport Plus. So what this means is that now when you do a flight search, you can see the estimated carbon that's emitted for a particular flight, and you have the ability to compare carbon emissions um, across multiple flights for a specific route. So it's available in SmartPoint Desktop and in SOAP API, um, as well as TripQuote, which means that it can be shared with travelers. And in the next few weeks, it's going to be added to our JSON API, um, to our flagship points of sale, SmartPoint Cloud. And the additional element that we've included in JSON and SmartPoint Cloud is the concept of an indicator that helps you understand whether a particular flight is either higher or lower on carbon emissions than what would be expected or, or typical for um, a specific route. So that's actually more context that could be helpful where sometimes a singular carbon value um, doesn't really mean that much. It'll now tell you whether it's higher or lower. It's not a paid service, freely available across all of our flights. And it's really part of our, our wider commitment to bring sustainable travel information to the forefront, because I think we all know um, that environmental concerns are growing. And especially in our industry, there's a huge focus on sustainable travel. So it's important for us that we continue to provide the tools and the information that agencies need to support these mindful decisions. Absolutely, Robin. And, you know, that's spot on. Kind of want to say, again, it's 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 interesting that these things happen, you know, late, but I appreciate you've done a lot of work there. What I really appreciate is that it's available not just on one channel, but across multiple of your interfaces. So well done on that one. Is it public knowledge? And are you able to tell us who's your calculation provider behind it? Or is that just internal? 
No, no, absolutely. That that was one of our, our big motivations. We joined the Travelers Coalition last year. And um, if you haven't heard from them of them, they're they're a nonprofit operating out of the UK. And they've convened some of the, the biggest travel technology providers in the world to come together and provide sustainability content in a way that's publicly available and consistent. So regardless of what platform you're on, you're seeing the same information so that you can really make these, these informed choices. So we'll be using the travel impact model. It's been developed in collaboration with the other coalition partners. Google is hosting it, and it's actually governed by an independent group. Um, one of the members is uh, on the International Council for Clean Transportation, so it's a truly independent group. And what we love about this is that anybody can go on to travelimpactmodel.org, have a look at what it's about, have a look at the underlying calculation, and that, that was really important to us, that this isn't a, a proprietary approach, that this is publicly available information, and you can find as much about it as is you want. Hi, Robin. This is Ash. A uh, quick question Hi. for you. When the display is provided to the agents, is there any initiative that Travelport itself is taking in order to promote the more efficient uh, flight options uh, that the agent would then be able to, with a quick glance, provide the traveler and kind of share that knowledge? So there's kind of three areas. The first is, as I mentioned, that higher lower is going to be indicated up there in the in the search results. So right at your point of choice, you can scan down the list and um, there's an indicator color that will show you all of those flights that are less um, emissions than typical for the route. So that, that's kind of the first one. Second part is really about a sort option. So within the point of sale, and being able to sort by lowest emissions. And then the other part of this that we're having a look at at the moment is this concept of search parameters where we have agencies that are supporting corporate customers with strong carbon reduction um, objectives. And it's about really customizing what's available in the search response being able to see only those flights with the lowest emissions or for certain routes only having access to to rail options. So it definitely goes beyond just displaying this information to influencing and prioritizing the lower carbon options. That sounds great, Robin. Thank you very much. Um, And thanks for joining us today and giving us that insight. Very nice to have you here. Cool. Moving on, um, my next story is out of Spain, uh, the long-haul low-cost airline Level, which I still find a bizarre name for an airline, I have to say, but Level Airlines will be, uh, they've announced that they're flying three times a week from Barcelona to Miami, and I got all excited about this, but then I see it's only from March next year. And I'm sure my friend Harold Mom in Barcelona will be excited about this, and it's, it's still good news, right, even though it's only in March. Um, yes, of course, it's good news. I also don't like the name much, but it is a, it, it is a, it is a Spanish airline, right? Um, I, oh, I'm wow. surprised to hear from them because they were announced some time ago and uh, went all very quiet. And uh, now they've made this announcement. 99% sure they're owned by AG. And um, yeah, it was just disappointing mm. that this announcement was only for, for March. Do you know much yeah. about them, Ash? I suspect not that much, right? Because they've been very quiet. No, I've never, I've never actually heard of them until your post. So I didn't even know yeah. they existed. Uh, but yes. you know, they have very minimal routes, from what I 
gathered yes. when I looked into them, and and there seemed to be a seasonal specific destination kind of airline. Didn't Norse give up on Miami? No, I think wrongly you're right. informed. I think no. Norse is giving up on everybody, on everything. <laughs> Slowly but surely. So there's the tagline, we give up eventually. That's, that's yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a T-shirt, we give yeah, up eventually. Very interesting. Somebody, yeah. somebody once said that the best way to lose money is to start an airline. So yes. you know, yes. whoever's behind this, yes. I feel bad for them. Ash, would you name an airline level? No. No. <laughs> no. So where one starts and operates near routes, the other one stops. Um, very sad news last week out of Belgium that Air Belgium announced the suspension mm-hmm. of services whilst they deal with some financial challenges. I saw this in a post by a group called ECTAA. They stand for the European Travel Agents and Tour Operators Association. That's what they are called. They are dismayed at the fact that... Um, Agents are still expected to deal with um, tickets that's been issued on them and get that deducted off their BSP whilst the airline is suspending any refunds. Doesn't look good there for Air Belgium and despite a great start. I wonder what it is about Belgium. Mm. Why is it that no airline can be profitable out of Belgium? I mean, to me, I mean, Brussels is the capital of Europe. I just don't get it. I'm very surprised that you you don't understand that uh, why the, why Belgium doesn't work for anybody because that's where every bad decision starts. <laughs> You mean the EU? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like everything bad starts there. And and of course, if you're there, then you're going to be screwed first. So, you know, <laughs> why why be there? <laughs> I mean, it's a great country to go to and the people are nice. But besides that, you know, the decision making is quite lacking. But, but, so. but that's the thing, Ash. There are so many people that go to Belgium. There are so many people that work yeah. there and have to go yes. there and travel there. Yes, I yeah. just don't understand why you can't make airlines profit. going in and out of Belgium. This is news about the American low-cost airline Breeze Airways. They've announced this passenger marketplace solution in partnership with Volantio. I hope I pronounced that correct. It's sort of a bit misleading to sort of call it sort of say marketplace because it's not marketplace as per se as sort of AirAsia, but it is a marketplace for reselling tickets. And of course, of course, you knew knew that I was going to pick up on this story because Mm. this is the second airline after the Argentinian one, you know, who have announced that that they are moving in the NFT space and and they're looking, you know, the reselling of, of tickets, which, of course, I personally think is a great concept that's the bit that i picked up on a lot yes that the inside that marketplace they can allow passengers to to resell Mm -hmm. their tickets i find that really nice and just i know we've got a lot to say on this but they are at the world aviation festival and so are you right so it'll be interesting to see what uh, what they talk about there and just to say as well that the Mm co-founder of volantio has been in touch and he wants to join our show uh, but he can't this week because he's at the world aviation festival he's obviously doesn't have the same time management plans like you do Anne. but um (laughs) he's traveling at the moment and he'll join us next week so we can talk to him that's great that's great i would love to hear more about this We just want to thank you for giving us your time. It's really great to see the the list of people grow each week on this recording. And um, we are doing this not just to share the news with you, but also to make sure that you are connecting to your industry peers. And so if you haven't already gone through the list of people that are there and uh, attending and connect to them, I encourage you to do so. We also 
pick a link of the week and we have a nomination from Usher's side this week that uh, we should make that this week. Pedro, and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to pronounce his surname, Usher, you might be able to, might want to help me out here. Pedro, is it Saron? Okay, Pedro, you are a link of the week and what we do here is we encourage others to actively look you up and connect to you. I hope you don't mind, but it is with the intention that you grow your connections here in the industry. And for those who are not connected to Pedro, please go ahead and connect to him. But Pedro, thank you for giving us your time. You are our link of the week. And for the others, um, thank you for joining the show today and giving us your time. Pedro, you raised your hand there, so I hope you're not too surprised we make you our link of the week, but welcome. Thank you. I was surprised. I appreciate that. And I just want to share how much I enjoy the show because it is not just entertaining. It is really very informative. There are a lot of times that I hear things for the first time. It's, you know, there's so much information out there. It's hard to keep up. I've come to rely on your show and I really want to say a, a thank you to you all. And it's always entertaining to hear Ash. Sometimes I think to myself, you know, he missed his calling. He really should have been a stand-up comedian. <laughs> he is a stand-up comedian. He's just he's just doing another job for a while. <laughs> well, uh, oh, well, I was going to say he's just sitting down right now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Thank you, Pedro. Some extra stories. Uh, I'll start with mine if you guys don't mind. I have to say, I read a fascinating post by, and again, if you don't follow this person, you should, um, Mark Ross Smith. He's got a double barrel surname with a dash in between the Ross and the Smith. He is the loyalty expert in the travel industry for sure. And I saw his post where he was flying over to London this week and he did this thing where he bought the Etihad residence as an ancillary. And so you buy a first-class ticket, and then one of the ancillaries they will offer you is the upgrade, if you want, to the Etihad residence. And Anne, I'm sure you'd love that, right? That's a great – I mean, it's a $2,500 ancillary, right? But it's fantastic <laughs> that it's sold as an ancillary and not as just an upgrade. Yes, it is. And I love Mark Ross-Smith as well. I mean, he's <laughs> definitely my go-to person for anything loyalty. So if you're not following Mark, you should. It yes. is a brilliant ancillary. Fantastic. Okay, very interesting. So those were the extra stories. Um, like I said, I think we have plenty to discuss, but we spot on time there. So from my side, I just want to say thank you very much to Mohit, Ash, and Anne, and those joining us today, Ruben, uh, Christian, uh, Pedro, thank you for joining us. And from my side, enjoy the World Aviation Festival. Over to you. Thank you so much, everyone, and especially those who have contributed. Thank you all for joining today's session. We host this LinkedIn audio call every week on Monday, and it is all about linking the travel industry. Please do share this event with everyone that you know. If you enjoyed today's session, chances are high that others that you know will as well. If you cannot make it because of time zone or availability, we make the session available as a podcast on Business Travel 360. This is Linking the Travel Industry, signing off. 